Hello guys and welcome back to Relevant Founders, brought to you by Relevant Software. Relevant is an international software development company that designs, builds and delivers world-class standard products for Fortune 500 companies and promising startups. Today, in this episode, we sit down with Lakeisha Turner, co-founder, CTO and VP of Engineering at Algopair. Algopair is a marketplace that connects everyday financial investors to AI technology. Their mission is to empower retail investors and help them beat the market on automation. In today's episode, we speak about their approach to building the MVP in-house, a female founder and how other females should speak up and make their voices be heard, and why, at Algopair, they have adopted a four-day working week. This and so, so much more. Enjoy. Quite a title there, uh, Lakeisha. Um, Lakeisha, what I want you to do, just introduce yourself for, for, um, for us, for our listeners, and just say a little bit about what is it you are doing at AlgoPair. Yeah, um, Lakeisha Turner, um, the CTO and uh, co-founder of AlgoPair. Um, and AlgoPair is a marketplace that connects retail investors with AI investing technology. Uh, we make wealth building faster, safe, and hands-free. Um, so that, that's pretty much like what we do. Um, mm-hmm. Imagine something like Robinhood, um, but we pick the stocks for you and outperform the average of 401k. Nice. Okay. Very, very nice. How did you, it's a very interesting name. How did you come up with the name AlgoPair? So basically um, we pair, we, we ask a series of questions to determine what type of investor you may be like a, an aggressive, moderate, or a conservative um, investor. Mm-hmm. And we pair you with the right algorithms. So we kind of play on the word pair, P-E-A-R instead of P-A-I-R. Mm-hmm. So that's where it came from. Tell me, um, obviously, your title, big title, uh, co-founder, CTO, and VP of engineering. Um, tell me about um, how you deal with basically that amount of work in, in, in one role. That's a lot of work. Yes, it is a lot of work, um, but it, it was a gradual process. Um, started out, um, I, my co-founder uh, and a CEO um, had a vision of uh, doing something like this. He worked for TD Ameritrade, mm-hmm. and he saw a need that retail traders did not have access to algorithms like a hedge fund or people with a lot of money do. So he said, he asked them, why don't they offer that to retail traders? Um, they didn't have you know, any answers and probably weren't going to do that. So he said, okay, I'll build it myself. And that's how the idea came across. And uh, he found me on LinkedIn and wanted, needed a technical person to you know, bring the vision to life. And so I started, I, I, we made the MVP together. Um, he gave me the vision. I, I put it in, you know, uh, tech in, in, you know, I guess a web form mm-hmm. of it. And, um, you know, so it gradually went from there. Uh, we made the MVP and then we started building a team around me. So that at, at that point I became like the, you know, VP of engineering, you know, hiring and all of those things. Um, and then, uh, next the CTO. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very, very nice. We're actually going to go, we're going to hiring most definitely a little bit later. You touched upon your MVP there. Talk to me about your MVP. How did you approach its development? So I approached it, you know, basically I had what, what we wanted to do initially. Um, the approach I took was I already had experience in cloud um, engineering with, you know, AWS. So I just kind of created the architecture in like a serverless stack, which is the cheapest thing that we could do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I made, uh, you know, the services uh, individual in Lambdas um, and uh, using the API gateway in AWS. 
uh, for the back end and um, created a database, a, a relational database, um, an RDS database. And um, for the front end, I used React, just the most modern and recent um, technologies out there to get started with. Mm-hmm. How long did it take you to build your original MVP? I believe it took about like six months. Okay. Mm. So you, you built it all yourself or did you have any help from outsourcing any parts of it? We didn't outsource. I did most of it myself. And then we we hired some interns to kind of help out. Um, so I kind of led and taught interns um, what, what needed to, get, to be done. And we divided it up in tasks. So I was the initial product manager. I, I didn't do the, the greatest job as product manager, but I, I did like a, well enough for us to get something out there. Uh-huh. Tell me, okay, you, you said there about not the greatest job as product manager. What do you mean? What, what is the greatest job a product manager can do? Why, why do you feel that your, your role there wasn't so great? Um, because I just didn't have experience being a product manager. I saw, I, I, I was um, I was on very a lot of agile teams before. I have a lot of experience in IT. So I kind of saw what they did um, in, in engineering, uh, for the engineering team. Mm-hmm. But all of the, the other things like the, um, the specs, um, the, you know, writing out a lot of the, um, I guess the, the ideas and, you know, putting everything into a roadmap. I wasn't the greatest at, I did do it, but um, there, I didn't hone in on those product management skills. We eventually hired a product manager. It's kind of, I hear this a lot from a lot of co-founders um, about when you're a co-founder, it's about wearing a lot of hats. Yeah, you yes. just got to do what you got to do and you, you learn on the job. Yeah, and yes. Yes, it's a tough, a tough thing to do, most definitely. Um, okay, we, we touched a little bit there about outsourcing. Um, tell me about outsourcing. So you outsourcing at the moment. What are you outsourcing your software engineers and anything like this at the moment? No, we're not outsourcing. We hired everyone in-house. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that. Tell me about that decision. Do you prefer in-house versus outsourcing and, and why? Well, um, at this point, um, the outsourcing would probably, uh, uh, I, I think what we want to do is kind of build a team that is invested in AlgoPair, you know? Mm-hmm. So initially we did not have money. We, we had no money and everybody's working on equity. So everyone that we had was equity-based. So everybody kind of grew with the company. So, you know, we didn't have money to outsource. Um, at this point, uh, we are in like pre-seed, we, we are you know, starting to pay people, but still the money is not there to outsource. So we're, we're still having, offering equity and, you know, payment uh, for individuals. So I think when we, we get to, um, uh, the next level series a we may consider it interesting okay so all hands on deck really at the moment yeah lots of work to do um tell me um when you do considering outsourcing is there a specific place where you guys will look to outsource is there anywhere kind of that it seems like the superstar areas to outsource to at the moment i would probably want uh, a place that is similar to our time zone um, mm-hmm. i wouldn't want a place that, you know, where we're working in the daytime and they're working at night and there's the communication is bad. I want to be able to communicate um, in a timely manner and, you know, understand them and they understand us. Mm-hmm. You know, this is something I hear actually a lot of the time about sourcing the, the biggest difficulty, let's not say issue, but difficulty is the time zones. Some people say, actually, it does help though, because you can get ahead um, and you can get, as long as you're planned, as long as you've got the timing to plan ahead, obviously, then they can perform what they need to do by the time you're waking up, the job's already done and, and so on and so forth. Um, okay, um, let's talk a little bit about some challenges. What has been the biggest tech challenge uh, which you faced uh, since the foundation of Algopair? Uh, just keeping up with a lot of the the things that we want to do, like the thing at, at a in a timely manner, like their speed is the biggest tech, tech challenge. Um, 
we want things in our system so that we can you know make money but it's it just it the time it takes to get it there um has been an issue mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the prioritization it does yes. work yes. sometimes isn't it absolutely um okay um talk to me obviously female founder founder yeah female founder in the tech world um Talk to me, what have been the challenges which you have faced being a female founder in the tech world? Has there been any challenges? Um, because obviously there are, well, on um, a scale, obviously much more uh, male founders. And what have been the challenges you faced? What can be the advice you can give to other female founders or aspiring female founders looking to, to start their tech company? Um, well, uh, I haven't faced too many challenges, not, not with my, my group of people that I work with. Um, and I haven't faced too many uh, problems with being a female founder, but I would say to um, most female founders is to speak up, you know, make sure that your ideas and your voices are heard. Don't, you know, uh, women tend to sometimes like stay quiet when they have something they want to say. So just make sure that you're bold and make sure that, you know, your, you know, uh, your ideas are heard as well. Mm-hmm. Speak up talk loud yeah and be heard basically yeah exactly um okay um what about um right now so we're talking about uh the biggest challenge obviously is being able to prioritize what you're doing what about right now um going through what you're going through at algo pair now what would be the biggest challenge you're currently facing some of the biggest challenges that we're currently facing like like i said with with prioritization um another challenge is um technical debt like how how do we how do we, you know, uh, put that into uh, our roadmap so that our so and we, and still get the features out that we want? Uh, so we want to have an efficient, you know, product. Uh, but like in that technical deck is important in some, and in, in some sprints we may not have anything to release. So that that type of thing is when when to do what and um, uh, how how to you know keep your product efficient and um, you know up to date and uh, also. Uh, release how do you so how are you tra- um, tackling that then so if there's that challenge of prioritizing yeah mm, i think i'm saying that word one for some reason um but uh, how do you um tackle that challenge yeah what are you doing specifically to know what needs to come next we all as a business kind of get together uh, we, we we let everybody know um you know w- what we want to do and um we all come up with a decision on what's uh hot, more important what's less important and when we can do that. So we can't, it's just communication. Mm-hmm. Communication yeah. key, absolutely. I guess a lot of pivots there as well. Lots of pivots, yes. Mm-hmm. How do you cope with the pivots um, at AlgoPair? Um, had there been any kind of really significant pivots since the beginning? Yes, in the beginning, uh, we were offering just like uh, signals only uh, to, to users. Um, from, but from listening to our customers, that's not really what they wanted. Uh-huh. They wanted something, you know, where they could, the, the system could actually trade for them. So we, we pivoted from just offering signals and we instead offered a marketplace of algorithms. So that was our major pivot um, coming into AlgoPair. Mm-hmm. Nice. You know, it's, it's something I hear a lot, you know, pivoting, you have, well, listening to the market, listening to the customers, basically. And every time you listen, there will be a different pivot. What has been the most recent pivot you've had to make? most recent pivot is probably our pricing. Um, so that's always something up in the air, but we're trying to find the best way to maximize, um, you know, our pricing uh, and maximize the amount of money that we receive and uh, be efficient for our customers and for our algorithm creators. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, 
um, mm. pricing, absolutely. Um, tell me, okay, so you're saying you're trying to build in-house at the moment. When you were uh, building your team, when you were uh, getting your product manager, were you like everyone else in the industry at the moment? Did you find it difficult to find your 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 staff? Did you find it difficult to find your engineers and not just you know normal engineers, those that fit one with your culture and two of your requirements? Yeah, um, there's always challenges in hiring. Um, we did interview a whole lot of people um, for product management, and and the, I guess the biggest challenge was just taking the time out to actually do the interview and you coming up with, you know, what we we're going to ask them. You know, um, you know, making the decisions and, mm -hmm. and determinations on how we're going to structure our interview process and uh, what we're, what tools we're going to use to find people. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about those tools. What tools do you use? How do you um, approach the? How do you find your fit? We actually use a tool um, that uh, posts to LinkedIn, Indeed, um, and all of the other job boards uh, all in one. Um, so we use that tool and we, we post our job there. We also post it on our website. So we have like, you know, people coming from different avenues, you know, to, to, to find us. Um, so that's that's how we did it. For the engineers, um, I actually used a outsourcing, uh, I outsourced a recruiter uh -huh. to find an uh, engineer. Um, I think it's the judge group. So we found uh, one of our engineers there. And for the initial engineers, we used interns and some of the interns became um, employees and you know, people that um, are, were in, already in my network. Mm -hmm. Let's talk a little bit about interns there because interns is obviously um, a very interesting one because it takes a lot of work as well to teach the interns of what you want, how you want them. Um, are there more pros to cons to hiring the interns and how did you approach that? I think there's more pros than cons to hiring interns. There's obviously cons, but um, I a lot of the interns uh, that we chose were were already in the you know the technology industry, so it wasn't very hard to teach them because um, mm -hmm. they they already had some programming skills and all of those things. All they needed to know is what we wanted them to do. So how I approached teaching them is I um, I would like every every like I may, maybe every so often I was like. You know, once or twice a week, we'd have a session mm -hmm. on, um, you know, maybe we're going to talk about know this session and how to do this. And then we're going to talk about react this ses session. So how will we approach something here? I also, in the meantime, gave them, you know, we paid for access for um, Coursera or Udemy for mm -hmm. the specific tools that we wanted to do. And that's how um, we were able to get our interns uh, up to a point where they were really beneficial for our company. Mm -hmm. Nice. So actually, you managed to create a kind of a program in so it didn't take so much of your, of your time and was more kind of fluid, the process of teaching them. Yeah. Um, nice. OK. Um, tell me about the requirements, your requirements of people that are joining your team. What is the perfect fit for AlgoPair? Somebody that has a good personality um, that's easy to get along with. Um, that That is like probably the most important thing. And the skills that we're looking for um, uh, or come come after that like you can learn what what you need to know learn it's just like are you going to be a good fit for working with everyone on the team mm -hmm. how do you figure that out in an interviewing process as a CTO obviously that's one of your main jobs how main roles how do you figure that out how do you, you know suss yeah that person I want on my team we ask culture fit questions um in the beginning um and then just gauge their personality and um you know how, how they answer and you know if they're you know, a beat, uh, their, you know, a, you know, uh, I guess um, their personality seems like uh, they would like, you know, work well with others. Mm -hmm. 
um, in with, but with the um, that, that's with like product and like the other product management and designers and all those types of things. But now with the engineers, it may be a little different because it's not so much personality based. It's like more more um, ingenuity based. Um, you know how technical they are. How um, you know they also need to be able to work with a team, but also be you know skilled. Um, mm -hmm. The skills are more important with an engineer versus when someone's coming in like as a product or or um, a designer or something like that. Absolutely, absolutely. What is, um, okay, so with the market, as we were saying earlier, suffering from a lack of tech talent, what would you say there isn't enough good of? Is there not enough good of specific engineers? What have you found? Um, not enough good. Um, I mean, I've, I've come across some great engineers. So um, I would say, the issue that I've been having with engineers is more uh, uh, personality-based, um, you know, th those types um, that they still, although their technical skills are very uh, important, you still have to be able to, I guess, function in a team yeah, and, um, you know, be able to work with others and not just be a lone ranger. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Are you um, completely offline, online? How do you work this? So, uh, all your engineers, all your staff, are you working um, remote? Yes, we are remote. We, everybody's remote. Mm -hmm. How do you find that? How do you find managing a team remotely? What do you do specifically to, you know, bring the algo pair kind of atmosphere to the team? Yeah, um, so we have, you know, the stand-ups every morning. Uh, we also, you know, have meetings throughout the week for like different teams. Like, you know, our product team would have meetings um, you know, for, for different brainstorming ideas. Our engineers have their, you know, deep dive meetings. Designers have their deep dive meetings. And um, each week I have a, a product kickoff meeting where I kind of like bring, you know, algo pairs, um, you know, bring, bring all of like, you know, business um, information to the, to the team. Uh, any type of, you know, uh, grievances or issues that, you know, somebody may have, um, we address. Um, any questions that uh, need to be answered, get answered. So I kind of have like that, that weekly meeting to just kind of reset everyone and just reset our focus and our vision. Mm. It's like a vision meeting, I guess. Uh, so every week, um, throughout the week, we're always constantly meeting and our hours are usually from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. So we, we do a six hour work, work day uh -huh. and a four day work week. Wow, okay, tell me more about that. Why did you choose the six hour work day and four hour work week, four day work week, sorry. Tell me about that. Basically, we don't want our team to burn out and we want them to feel happy about working with us and mm -hmm. be, you know, fresh. And it has worked out very well. Um, by Fridays anyway, people are kind of like checked out anyway. So we might as well just let everybody have Friday off and everybody has a three-day weekend. Mm -hmm. So Monday through Thursday, we hit it hard, work hard. We only set meetings between 9 a.m. and 6, I'm sorry, 9 a.m. and 3, no meetings after 3 p.m. Central Time. Um, and then everybody has a chance to work or whatever they want to do, uh, catch up or whatever. Um, Monday through Thursday after 3 p.m. Uh, and they can work Friday if they want to, but it's not required. We will not have meetings on Friday. How do you find that um, in regards to being able to fulfill the, the task, fulfill the load of work that you've got? Do you find people work more efficiently? Do you find that it's ever, oh, actually, no, we need a little bit more time. How do you find this? We, I, feel, I find that people work more efficiently uh, during the, that short time period because they know, okay, um, we, we, we're going to be working in between these hours. And then uh, every day I, I can set aside a certain amount of hours for me to actually, you know, get, get my work done. And every sprint, every, every morning uh, during the standups, always updates, always on time. So we don't have like 
those types of um, issues like that uh, because we're giving people their time back. That's really interesting. Actually, so important for people, as you said, not to burn out and actually to love their job even more, but you've got to love your life to it in order to love what you're doing. Yeah, yeah work-life balance. Yeah. Mm, exactly. This would uh, be my next question here coming on to this. Is that possible to create in a startup? Is it possible right from the beginning to make that work-life balance? Did you find yourself right at the beginning, maybe even now, where you think, oh my God, I've had an 80, 100-hour week? Or did you really, were you really strict with you, yourself and made sure you never did that? Well, this came up because I was doing that. You know, I was initially, um, I worked like a lot. And, and plus I had a full-time job, so I wasn't getting paid uh, from the startup. I worked a full-time job while building the startup. So I was constantly working and I was starting to burn out. So the, the decision I made, you know, I didn't want anybody else to feel that way and, you know, start to resent, you know, being in a, on our team and doing um, our work um, is to do that. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, my next question, I think that's kind of answered my next question. I was going to say, what do you see as key to retaining an employee? I guess one of them is respecting their time, work-life balance. What else do you do, you do at Algopair to um, retain a, a key employee? Um, respect, uh, respecting uh, people's ideas. Everybody has ideas and everybody's free to express those. Um, we want to hear from, hear about what everyone has to say. And a lot of times those ideas come up um, in like our product uh, roadmap, you know? So like all of our, all of our team is able to contribute um, mm-hmm. their ideas and, you know, all of those type of thing, t- types of things. So we respect everybody's ideas. We also, you know, let people speak in meetings, like respect everybody's um, ability to speak, uh, you know, without interruption. So those types of things. Interesting. Yeah. You know, so it's the people want to create, people want to be part of something yeah, and allowing them to be part of what, what they, what you're building. Um, okay. Um, what uh, tips can you give to other founders here? Obviously, so this is part a podcast for tech founders. What kind of tips can you give to other tech founders for creating the most perfect team? If um, at Algopair, you've got the most perfect team, how would you say others need to do it? Um, and follow some of our, some of the things that we've done, uh, you know, the work-life balance, um, you know, making sure you know, having one-on-one meetings with all the team members. I do that every, you know, every other week. Uh-huh. one-on-one to make sure they're okay uh, if there's anything that they're feeling um you know just to make sure make sure we retain people um so like you know make uh one-on-one meetings um let everybody have a voice um and just show re- general respect for others what kind of predictions have you got for well we're already halfway through for the rest of the year yeah so um where we're trying to go is we want to be a broker um, so we're going to start like working towards that, um, uh, becoming a broker and allowing people to, you know, use our company without third parties. So right now we use a third party broker to do our trades. Um, so our, our goal is to actually become our own broker, uh, you know, become more compliant um, in the you know, finance world. So we're going to seek after all the compliance uh, compliance um, licenses and all those types of things. Mm-hmm. Yes. How are you going to battle that? Is there anything more specific? Will you have to take on more staff? Um, will that be a, a bigger workload? How would you battle that? Yeah, of course. Uh, we're going to have to, you know, increase our staff um, to do that. Uh, and um, I think we may have to make some specific hires um, for, you know, security and uh-huh. uh, maybe some more business type people. So mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay, so very interesting times ahead uh, for you guys at Algopen, most definitely. Hard work but worth it actually in the end. 
tell me um, more kind of on a personal level. Um, obviously, as a co-founder, entrepreneur, tech uh, tech lead, let's say here, uh, tech leader, not tech lead. Um, what is the advice that you wish someone told you before you started, um, Algopair, before you started on your, your journey? What do you wish someone told you to help you propel success at Algopair? Um. Coming into it, I had no um, idea on how to, you know, I guess trade in the stock market. I wish, you know, I would have known how, you know, had some type of skills in that area before starting Algopair, and that probably would have, you know, helped um, helped us, you know, move be further along um, mm. at this point. Um, so yeah, I wish I would have had more industry experience. Mm. Mm -hmm. Okay, industry experience. Do you think that's in, in talking about that? Do you think that is important? Obviously, in regards to when you're hiring as well, is it important for you to hire someone who has had the specific tech education um, to get that kind of basic baseline knowledge, or are you kind of open to more kind of anything here? Um, I'm open to um, anyone really, um, but preferably someone that has worked in the financial uh, sector, like banks, mm -hmm. um, those types of things uh, that understand the security levels that you know, um, that should be in place for those things. And last question for you. Um, do you think there has to be, or is there a certain type of person who can work in a startup or can anyone work in a startup? Anyone can, if, you know, but the person has to have like patience. <laughs> um, see, see, see things in a, a long-term vision versus a short-term. Yes, you can make a lot of money working for bigger companies, but really, what do you have? You just have that money. You're not even a part of something um, that that you're building. You're you're just a, you know, just a number. Um, so that's making a lot of money. So look at things from uh, another lens. Look at things in a long term as a long term vision, and that you're you're building something that's gonna be impactful, and you're gonna be part owner of that. So look look for ownership versus just a quick dollar. Absolutely. You know, you're behind the driving seat. Yeah. You're in the driving seat. You're the one that can make the change. Something that I find with pretty much most startup founders that I speak to is um, we're building a startup to make, well, let's say to make the world a better place, to make the world an easier place, let's say. And it's, you know, one of the advantages of running a startup. Okay. Uh, Lakeisha, really, really amazing to speak to you today. Thank you for all you, all of your um, answers and uh, answering all of my questions. It's going to be really helpful uh, for anyone uh, on the same journey um, and looking for some advice. So thank you for your time. Thank you.